Ephesians chapter 1. I, I don't know, I guess I'm just going on. Did everybody get one of these maps? Yeah. You might not get one. Okay. It's a little small. I apologize for that. Uh, we'll look at it in just a minute. The book of Ephesians. Let's read that first verse. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are in Ephesus. Now you know that there's controversy over that. To the saints at Ephesus. Matter of fact, some say, well, the oldest manuscripts don't have that in it. Of course, what they're calling the oldest manuscripts are the uh, Vaticanus and the Sinaiticus. Those manuscripts go back to the middle of the fourth century. About 358 AD. I'll just stick with this that goes back to the first century and Antioch in Syria. Because I can read it and I went to it and it says at Ephesus. <laughs> Alright. Of course it didn't read. Anyway. So I just thought I'll let you know that everything in the Bible. By somebody is controverted. Yeah. I believe in study and research. Good. But when you start out with an attitude, well, I don't think this is right. You're going wrong. Anyway. But notice what Paul says, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Amen. Because they're trying to say that he's not an apostle. The Judaizers. You got people today to say he's not an apostle. Yeah. You really do. You got people, I don't believe that Apostle Paul. There's lots of them like that. Oh, he taught women to place in church and head cover and all that stuff. Oh, he hated women. I don't believe him. But we do. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. What a certification <laughs> by the will of God. To the holy ones, the saints, hagios, that's holy. To the holy, this is literally what it says. To the saints. Now these, he's talking to live people. He ain't talking to a bunch of dead people. As they talk about Saint this and Saint that and Saint that, Roman Catholic Church, these are live people. These are all the ones. Amen. No evidence anywhere in the Word of God that anybody ever prayed to the saints. All one of the friends of uh, Job made a remark. God said he didn't say the things that are right. So. Anyway, but no, we don't talk to saints, dead saints. And these are the ones at Ephesus. Now look at your map. And this church at Ephesus has quite a history. Well, 
Asia, it's his peak right there. That would be called Asia Minor. If you look, oh, a little more than halfway down, right on the coast there, you see Ephesus. Everybody see it? Now that blue, that's the Aegean Sea. And you go across there and you get into Greece. And you go on the other side of Greece and you get into the Adriatic Sea. And you go south, it's the Mediterranean. It's all the same water. It's just in a different location. Anyway, so there's Ephesus. Now, if you notice, all the way up, there's Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardis, uh, Philadelphia, Smyrna, Ephesus, Laodicea, right to the southeast. John the Apostle <clears throat> made a move to Ephesus. And he was in that church at Ephesus. And that's where they arrested him and banished him to the Isle of Patmos. Now look, go to Ephesus and you see the island of Samos to the left there. And then down just a little bit, there you see the island of Patmos. And you read in Revelation 1, he was in the Isle of Patmos because of the Word of God. So he got put in jail. So evidently the old man wasn't sitting silent. <laughs> the old man was still doing what the old man had done for many years of his life. And there he is. Now he's banished to the Isle of Patmos. Well, he left some after him. He left a Polycarp after him. And on about 150, he burned at the stake, honoring the Lord. So there he was. He, he had been in a part of the fellowship of those churches of Asia Minor. Now, is that why he... Did he choose him or did God choose him for him? Well, I think the Lord chose him for him. But he was very familiar with them. Now, isn't that a nice little tidbit? All right. So that's, now that's not absolute fact, but it's, it's good tradition. Uh, believe by many. Okay. Back in Ephesians. Now here, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, to the holy ones and to the faithful. They're the same ones. Amen. This would be called a Hebraism in the Greek New Testament. This is a Hebrew characteristic writing coming through in the Greek. That is, make one statement 
and back it up with another, saying the same thing a different way. We call it, it's in apposition. In English, grammar, in apposition. It further explains what you just said. And so anyway, and he says, grace be to you and peace. Grace always precedes peace. If there's no grace, there's no peace. If there's true grace, there will be peace. And this is from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. What a, what a statement. From God, our Father. He is our Heavenly Father, our spiritual Heavenly Father. One is your Father, which is in heaven. And all your brethren, he says, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, I really believe that, that the Lord Jesus Christ deserves to have his whole name stated. And he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This would be literally, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. No way you can mistake this one. Amen. And that's as, that's as positive, as certain as we all ought to be. You go in somebody's home, they ask you to ask a blessing. You need to do a little preaching when you're praying. Amen. Every one of us do. We don't need to just pray, Lord bless this mess. We need to do a little preaching in our praying. Amen? Amen. Don't lose the opportunities. I don't know how many you're going to have. You may not have many, but if you just have one, preach in your praying. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. And that, that's the whole gamut, all of them. All of our spiritual blessings came from him. Amen. In heavenly places, in Christ. Sometimes you get to a, place and a lot of music and not carrying on somebody said oh we're in heavenly places tonight meaning right here no that's not what that scripture says it says we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ if Christ is in you you're in Christ and where is Christ at the right hand of his father and therefore, we are in heaven, in Christ. Now, according as he hath chosen us in him. Well, that word for chosen, eklegomai. You can also say elect. Mm -hmm. Essentially the same word. 
Stay with me for a minute on this word chosen, eklegomai. Look at Mark 13. In verse 20, and except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved, but for the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen, he hath shortened the days. Eklegomai, same word. All right, now let's look at uh, Luke. Chapter 6. Verse 13, and when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he eklegomai, 12. He chose 12, whom he also, or also he named apostles. Look at chapter 10 of Luke. In verse 42. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen, it's the same word, that good part which shall not be taken away from her. The point is, the word is chosen. Elected, chosen. reason I'm doing this, because you'll run into Armenians that'll try to say, well, that word means something different. And I'm showing you that it always means what it means. Look at John 6. I like to, when I debate or contend with somebody about a doctrine, I like to remove all crutches from them. Take everything away that they can fall back on and make them admit the truth, what it says. I don't believe it, but that's what it says. Anyway, John 6, verse 70. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? Same word, chosen. Chapter 13 of John. In verse 18, I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Chapter 15. In verse 16, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you Amen. and ordained you that you should go 
and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Verse 19, if ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Look at Acts real quick. First chapter. Verse 2 of chapter 1 of Acts. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Same word. And then in verse chapter 13, that'll be it on that one. Verse 17 out of chapter 13. The God of this people of Israel chose our fathers. The God of this people chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with a high arm brought he them out of it. Same word. Same word. Chosen. So according as he hath chosen... People say, oh, well, that's the Jews. Paul is not writing to the Jews here. He's writing to a Gentile church of Ephesus. He's not writing to Jews. But he says, according as he had chosen us, Paul includes himself with the members, the saints of God at the church at Ephesus. He hath chosen us. Most of the time when that word chosen is used, it's a person's. People say, oh, well, that's just, that's just the nation of Israel. No, that's not what it is. Now, we believe that God chose the nation of Israel. Amen. Not in salvation, but to perpetuate a nation. To build and perpetuate a nation. And that's who's in Israel right now. They came back and they were declared a nation again in 1948. Now though we've got some so-called Baptist brethren that say, oh, that's not true. There are no Jews today. I got news for them. There's a bunch of them over there. And all they're doing is trying to make God out of a liar. And God's not a liar. God's coming to keeping God. But God never chose Israel to be saved spiritually. He chose Israel to be his showcase to the nations. It was a nation. And that's what he promised perpetuity to. He said, I'll scatter them in my fury and I'll gather them in in my love. And he has certainly done that. Marvelous thing. But that's not all the election of God. That's number one. 
Number two, as we're seeing right here, God has an elect people, and they are comprised of every nation, every tongue under the sun. They're not black, they're not white, they're not brown. They're all of it. Gentile and Jew. And he chose them. He elected them and predestinated them unto the adoption of children. Just like it says, we'll get here in just a minute. That's election number two. Election number three, Jesus loved his church and gave himself for it, his kind of church. And that's his bride, the faithful members of the faithful kinds of churches that Jesus built. That's where his bride is made of. And God has an elect bride. Don't know a whole lot about it, but I do know some things about it. So there's three elections that God has now. And not a thing can be taken from or added to any one of them. They stand on their own. Anyway, many people, most so-called Christians and many so-called Baptists deny the bride of Christ. They say the bride of Christ is everybody. No, it's not. You've got a wedding feast in Revelation 19. Blessed are they that are chosen, invited. Amen. You don't invite the bride to the wedding. Anybody, did you get an invitation to your wedding, dear? No, you sent them. Didn't you? You don't get a wedding invitation to your wedding. You're the, you're the star of it. Now that other one, Jesus is the star of it. The bridegroom. But blessed are they that are invited to come. And besides that, who's doing the serving? I believe they're saved people. But they're not part of the bride. How in the world do you become a part of the bride. You got to, look what Paul said. He said, you've got to obey the law, obey the word of God. Yeah, yeah. yeah number one, be saved, but then you've got to follow him. Scriptural baptism, Lord's Supper, and church membership. Now, I don't know, I don't know when somebody's in the bride. I just know when they're not. I don't know that I'm in the bride. I I've done the things that God says to do, but that still doesn't make the heart right. The Lord's got to judge that, and he will. Anyway, according as he hath chosen us in him, that is, in Christ. Amen. Then I have to say, oh, what well, he chose everybody in Christ. Baloney. Anyway. Well, if he did it, just exactly when did he do it? Oh. Mm. Before <laughs> the foundation of the world. 
Now, who laid the foundation of the world? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. But now, this was before that. This is in eternity. And the real theological truth of the matter is this, that God's elect have always been his elect. I don't understand all that, but it's true. Anyway, who did he choose? His people. When did he choose them? Before the foundation of the world. That's what the Bible says. Somebody goes, I don't believe that. Well, you don't believe the Bible. You got big problems. And this was in order that that would be a Greek Hena purpose clause that we should be holy and without blame, blameless before Him. Now that with that verse four got in love, but now those verse divisions came much later. They're not inspired. I believe that the in love goes with the next phrase. It may not, but I believe it does. It works out pretty good. In love, well, what can we say about that? Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, but that foreknowledge of God is love. For love of God. He loved them and then he elected them and he predestinated them. <laughs> then he called them. <laughs> Having pro-orizo, that's the Greek word, determined beforehand. Now you know that uh, Tennessee Temple College and seminary down there. R.G. Lee had that. He's dead now. Knows better. I stopped by there one time. Me and Jim Miller had been to a Christian school meeting in Atlanta. And we he wanted to stop there. I think he attended some classes there or something. Knew somebody. And I'd never been there. I mean, I'd heard of it, but I'd never been there. It was in Chattanooga. And he warned me. I get warnings, too. I do. I get warnings. He said, you cannot mention, you can't say the words election and predestination in the halls of Tennessee Temple School. Well, I'll promise you that I won't be running through the halls hollering election and predestination. But I'll tell you this, if somebody says something to me about it, I will tell it. Then you'll just have, they'll have to kick me out. You let, I'll have to go out and wait on you. Anyway, can you imagine a Baptist so-called school that would deny you the right to say Bible words? 
And predestination was one of the big ones. Oh, they hate that. Yeah, buddy. The predetermined us unto the adoption of children. Paul put himself in there, folks. He wasn't there because he was a Jew. By Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Had a theology teacher saying, I just don't like to hear God presented in that manner. I said, that's what it says. You may be be thinking of the wrong God. God did all this according to the good pleasure of his will. Well, that word predestinated. Look real quick at Acts chapter 4. Verse uh, 26. Who by the mouth of thy servant David had said, has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles, And the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. (laughs) Do you believe in absolute predestination, Jerry Gum? Yes, I do. (laughs) And I think when it's all said and done, I can't explain it. This is no excuse for anything else. I think when it's all said and done, he will have worked all things after the counsel of his own will. Praise God. Amen. Look at uh, Romans 8. <clears throat> 29. For whom he did foreknow, and again, that's foreloved, he also did predestinate pro orizo to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, head of a new race, firstborn. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, he didn't say what, said whom, <laughs> people. He predestinated people to be conformed to the image of his son. Whom he did predestinate, them he also called. 
He didn't call things. He called people. And whom? Whom? People. He called. Them he also justified. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Stated as if it's already occurred. It's that sure. Now I don't, I know I don't look like I'm glorified. I can see in a mirror somewhat as, as you can. And I know I'm not glorified. But according to the word of God, it's just as good as if I was already done. Amen. So I got those two. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Same word, pro orizo. Then we go back to Ephesians, verse 5, and then also verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Well, let's do this real quick. I've done it before. I've got these highlighted. About the work of God in our salvation. We don't have any references here. Only God has it. Look at verse 4. According as he hath chosen. He. Verse 5. Having. He having predestinated us. Verse 6. Wherein he hath made us. Accepted in the beloved. It wasn't that I accepted him. He accepted me. Verse 8, he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Look at verse 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. <laughs> verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Verse 11, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will. Where am I in this? Just the glorious recipient of his sovereign power and grace. Look at verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, Paul, that's what he's praying for. That you, y'all may know what is the hope of his calling. <laughs> 19, what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him 
from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. <coughs> it goes on chapter 2. Verse 1, you hath he quickened. <laughs> Verse 4, wherewith he loved us. Verse 5, we were dead in sins. He hath quickened us together Amen. with Christ. Verse 6, and he hath raised us up together. In verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, <coughs> which God has before ordained. There's a bunch of it in verse 12, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens and strangers, having no hope without God in the world. <coughs> verse 14, <coughs> for he is our peace. Amen. Verse 16, and he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross. I'll quit with that. It looks like we didn't have much part in that, did we? <laughs> All right, let's stand.